This is Cinema Insights, the space where we talk about all things cinema and culture. My name is Mary, I'm a filmmaker, storyteller and a university tutor. Aside from the podcast, I share things on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter. All links are in the description. Go follow me there. And the show notes, as usual, will be on my blog on Medium or the website. With that, let's dive into this episode. When I said get ready for chaos on my platforms, I really meant it. And I think that this episode of Cinema Insights will finally make you understand it. I have been trying to figure out what to cover in this one, but after Spider-Man Lotus and some personal things, I'm a tad burnt out. So it was a strange moment where for the first time in a while, I did not what did not know what to talk about. And trust me, that never happens. The other day I posted a short video as a reminder about mental health. I haven't been perfectly fine lately. Um, I have ADHD and in the last year I very quickly burnt out at work. So now I'm feeling all sorts of things, including days when some depressive symptoms are present. And no one really talks about how difficult it is to accept that you might have depression come back after years of remission. I would also add that I'm talking about clinical depression diagnosis. Um, I got it when I was 20 and was in remission for about four years. After four years of not feeling this doom of lack of motivation, energy and joy, it's very hard to accept that I might be back there. Relapses are never the same as the first initial depressive episode. In my case, I'm more hopeful and more confident in myself than I was back in 2017. But what's striking me is the sudden guilt around this. For some reason it feels like I have done something wrong or failed and hence I got it back. Uh, but the factors that can trigger depressive relapse are usually out of people's control. High levels of stress being one of them and let me tell you, the last year had put my brain into the overdrive. I didn't even have time to recognize the fact that I have been functioning just on cortisol for the past few months until my holiday. Um, and as soon as the holiday started, it all hit me. That being said, um, I will be okay, even though I'm not okay right now. And I, just like I did in a TikTok video, I want to remind to everyone uh, that if you are feeling the same way I do, it's not your fault. Um, Please find somebody to talk, please ask for help, and don't be ashamed of the potential relapse. Uh, depression dumps co does come back, and it's not something that we can usually control, it happens. Please, please be kind to yourself, take care of yourself, and trust that it will get better. What truly keeps me going through uh, these slight difficult times is content. YouTube or not, I keep myself all sorts of motivated or distracted depending on where I am with it. And I have found someone new for me who I wish I found a lot earlier. So I have to talk about this and if you're in the YouTube sphere then you might know about the whole Colleen Ballinger story. I'm not planning to talk about the whole thing right now because it really needs two or three parter to thoroughly cover it all. And then a lot of people, like the one I will be talking about today, have already done a much better job than I will ever be able to. You can find out more about this from Adam McIntyre on YouTube and on Twitter. There is a lot and it will take a few days to process, so tread lightly. 
Right now, this is about Swoop, aka Spanky Valentine. I have never seen Swoop's content before this, and I don't really know how it happened, but let me just quickly introduce you. Swoop is a YouTube creator. If you have a look at her oldest videos, you will see a mixture of a few genres from makeup tutorials, short films, parodies, challenges, and more. Everything that was popular about five years ago. It's hard to try and tell a cohesive story here because I'm flustered by her and her work and I'm risking startling or rambling. In reality, Swoop is a filmmaker. That's all you guys need to know to be able to understand where I'm coming from and why this is such a, an important subject for me. She positions herself as a documentary filmmaker, but there are a few fictional, fictional videos on her channel, so um, I would give her that as well. Her work won a few awards on festivals like Buffer and um, a few selections as well, like Venice Short Film Festival. Talent, what can I say? The reason why I'm so flustered and excited about this is because Swoop is everything I wanted to be when I was about 18 or 19 years old. At least everything I wanted to work on and try. As I've mentioned before, I only discovered her last week because of the part three of her coverage of the Colleen Ballinger story. It is a four hour documentary that uncovers the truth behind one of the characters in the story called Johnny Silvestri, who, um, well, you know what, go and watch all three parts done by Swoop, um, because that will be a lot better than listening to me trying to explain it all. The actual reason why I wanted to talk about this is the production value of that video. Think about this. It is four hours long. In these cases, people usually struggle to stay on track or finish the video in full. In our day and age, a lot of people will struggle to even with a standard feature-length film, which is about 90 minutes. Swoop had me gripped. It is very rare that I can seriously accept someone's deep dive as a documentary. The example of that would be Shane Dawson, who also calls his series documentaries, but they are hardly that. With Swoop, given the amount of work that her and her team put into the video, the integrity and journalistic approach to the information, and the way that everything was structured, this is the documentary. This is why I believe that the film industry will be changing in a few years' time. When people are having access to platforms like YouTube, being able to showcase their talent and integrity without the influence of the studios, and with the support of the viewers, studios will start losing their positions. I will cover the current state of the strikes in the next segment, but it's clear that the system isn't working. So come creators like Swoop. Hardworking, talented, transparent, dedicated, passionate, everything we look for in filmmakers and everything I usually talk about with my students. When you look at the structure of the video called The Devil in Colleen Ballinger's Shadow, you can see that the story was also constructed in the act structure, which is insane because the investigation itself should have been enough, but not for this documentary. This structure was integral for the video to gain 2 million views in just six days. From the first minute of the story, from the hook and introduction into what will be uncovered until the very last second, it keeps people hooked. And then with a revelation in, of uh, an exclusive interview with Josh Evans himself, people are now ready for the next one. The reason why I truly believe that this is the potential future of filmmaking is because of how it entangles with the creative culture. 
As some of you might know, the social media structure is changing because algorithms now target people based on their interests. Our feeds are no longer concentrated around creators. The fandoms are slowly ceasing to exist because of that. Since the audience is now not looking for the person to follow, but rather a topic or an interest. Therefore, now the center of something that used to be a fandom is the algorithm. There was a great video on TikTok about this. I memorized the visual, but I can't find it anymore, so I can't give the credit. But essentially, the past in the past, the audience used to concentrate and were drawn to the creators. Today, it's drawn to topics, themes, interests, leaving creators kind of jumping from one place to another, trying to find a wave in the algorithm. And this works great for filmmaking because movies are based on storytelling and universally recognizable themes. They speak to a mass of people, not just a niche. And I believe that niches will be over soon as well. And if you have a look at the scope of the documentaries that Swoop has been making, they vary from true crime, current events, general pop culture stories, which include Colleen Ballinger. This covers quite a bit of interests that can draw the vast audiences. This is what cinema will be. And the dedication and the production value that Swoop delivers is and will continue to make people stay for more. Seeing her content in the past week made me so happy because I can see that my thought process about future film industry has an amazing physical example. And I know that me with like my 200 followers on Instagram will do nothing here, but I, uh, but if you have no idea who Swoop is and and you've never heard of her, I highly recommend that you go and check out her content because if you like stories like I do, you won't be disappointed. Really speaking, I uh, I have been re-watching Swoop's documentary while I was writing this thought process and uh, even on the second rewatch, it doesn't get boring. I don't know what the magic behind it is apart from her talent and the talent of her team, but the reason why I'm so obsessed with this right now is because if creators put their thought and their passion into it and they find the people and the crews that they can work with, then the, the film industry will transition into social media a lot more. I mean, it's already there, potentially, but it's going to become even more accessible and it will be right there on our phones at any point. It's incredible. And uh, again, I probably will continue singing praise to Swoop I, uh, and to, to Spanky Valentine. I seriously want to know her story in, in so many different ways. And if I'm blessed at some point in my life to have a conversation with her, I will be on the cloud nine because I just want to know how. I want to know the inspiration behind it. Not specifically the, the Johnny Sylvester video, but the the creative path how did it happen why you know why film because usually when i speak to filmmakers i always ask why um like why did you choose film what specifically about this career in this industry gripped you um and i want to know that i really want to find out more about her as a as a filmmaker you know we have seen a lot of her as a creator as a youtube personality but I want to know about her and her production process from the standpoint of filmmaker. Um, that's it. Because the amount of inspiration, like the amount of inspiration she's given me right now, I can't verbalize it. 
um, and I really really wish I found her stuff earlier um, I mean it's a bit sad that we you know I, I crossed her path um, in these circumstances but I'm I'm so giddy right now about it because I, I like I said I was like 18 19 uh, when I started my very first YouTube channel that is now all privated uh, I really wanted to be a YouTuber and then I really wanted to do something creative with that platform but it was 2014-15 YouTube was completely different back then and seeing how we progressed to the point where Swoop can produce this type of work makes me you know really happy really happy um, and content with the fact that you know I almost was on the right path I just gave up too quickly I mean life happened to me so it doesn't matter but um, this gives me hope that I well didn't have before so like I said if you don't know who I'm talking about please have a look of course all the links will be in the descriptions uh, I think that it is necessary that you find uh, your own um, whatever you like in in her content because it is absolutely insanely well done uh, that being said um, I will talk about swoop more like on my socials don't don't worry because I think I'm becoming a, like a big fan but um, for now uh, I think I've covered everything Now, I'm not going to lie to you, this is going to be a massive tone shift because the next subject is the strikes and I'm, I'm, as you know, I'm, hmm, I'm very opinionated about this uh, and I have a lot of different feelings about the uh, AMTPT and the studios and everything. So, um, I'm just going to go through the stuff that I've been thinking about recently and that I have been reading about the strikes because I do keep up with this situation as much as I can. So... You know, the strikes and what's going on with them right now is another reason why film industry is going to change sooner or later. Um, they're still going on. It's been over a hundred days since the writers went on strike and there is no counter-proposal from AMTPT so far. Um, and mind you, I mean, unless they've came up with something at the moment of me recording this, then fine. But when I was thinking and writing about this, there was nothing. It's been 113 days, making it the third longest strike in history of WGA. This is a testimony on capitalism, because while the big studios are struggling to understand what they need to concede to stop the strikes from happening, indies like A24 agreed to the requests and they continue filming as we speak. The reason why this is happening is because not only it is the, about the corporate greed that doesn't allow the MTPT to agree to the higher pay or AI regulations, but it's also about competition. So a video that Sky News published, it was a very quick commentary from Seth Rogen about the situation, and I'm just going to include it here. I've heard the studios haven't even spoken to one another, is what I've heard. I've really? heard they haven't talked. So not only does it seem as though the writers and actors have a great distance to go when it comes to the studios, 
I think the studios have a great distance to go, probably a greater one when it goes to them getting on the same page. These are people who hate each other, people who are in direct competition with one another. When this strike ends, they go back to being enemies. When this strike ends for us, we go back to being co-workers. And so my fear is that they are unable to get themselves on a page that is presentable to anybody because of their drastically different motivations. Um, and models for their businesses, you know, to think that Universal has the same priorities as Netflix is insane, you know, so I, I, that's what concerns me, honestly, is that they will be completely unable to bring forth a coherent and unified uh, proposal because of their own infighting and, 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 you know, divergent priorities. And it's true. At the end of the day, the studios can't offer anything because they can't agree on anything within their own organization. What's nice to see is a recent article by Variety that showed that the public is largely supporting the strikes. Duncan Crabtree Ireland and the executive director of SAG-AFTRA noted something very important and actually something I voiced in my previous episode on here. One of many reasons why the public is in support of the strikes is because they see a similar dynamic where the bosses treat their workers unfairly. When I covered this before, I mentioned that the statements of executives that focused on punishing the writers and waiting for them to lose their houses were sinister, but they reminded me of what the university and college union went through in the UK this year, where the leadership of some universities almost word for word said the exact same thing. These strikes are historical in themselves, but do you know what also had been happening in the meantime? Marvel VFX is currently voting for unionization. The process began on 21st of August and the ballots will be counted after the 11th of September when the voting will end. I have been talking about the fact that the VFX workers and companies have been overwhelmed and exploited for a very long time and I honestly can't wait to see where this will end. I truly hope that the workers will be able to unite and fight for their rights as well. This had been in a long time coming. But what's also interesting is the reality TV stars unionization. It isn't formal yet, the reality show workers only just started to look into the possibility to give you, con um, to give you context. Bethany Frankel, a reality TV star from Real Housewives of New York City, is leading the charge of establishing a union. For the reality TV workers, she started speaking up about her experience after WGA and SAG-AFTRA strikes began, explaining the low pay, lack of residuals, exploitation, manipulation on set, and um, the fact that they don't get reimbursed based on the massive success of the shows. Additionally, two weeks ago, More Perfect Union, a YouTube channel that covers news, posted a very short story about the stars of the Netflix reality show called Love is Blind, where they in detail show the exploitation of the workers and explain the reasons for the lawsuit against the streaming platform. I'm done. No, I'm done. Yeah, this is where I was like, I'm done filming because I realized kind of what had happened. They didn't tell me she had a panic attack. They didn't tell me anything. But they knew all. Yeah, I just almost accepted the abuse and the exploitation because I found Danielle. I didn't at all expect what actually went down and what happened, which was quite a bit more psychological tor torture, manipulation, and uh, just basically exploitation, which uh, there was no way to prepare for that. 
while the unionization of the reality stars is just in talks at the moment and uh, there is no official action yet the fact that we are finally talking about exploitation and media is brilliant imagine when vfx workers walk out on the strike especially if it happens while wga and sag are still in the streets I understand the logical explanation behind the behavior of executives, it is greed and power that cloud their mind, but emotionally, I truly cannot fathom this. I also wanted to mention that a few TikTok creators have been caught scabbing and generally dismissing the strikes. Just for general information, both SAG and WGA have a very important clause in their rules. One's potential to join the unions in the future can be jeopardized by the way you interact with the strike studios now. Meaning that if you are not in the union at the moment and a studio approaches you to promote something for them or offers a job or a contract and you do the job, you will be declined membership in the union. This does cover influencers and creators online as well, so just be aware of this and watch who is promoting what and why. I find it incredibly frustrating um, what we are experiencing right now in the industry and what has been going on with the strikes. It's, you know, it, it speaks volumes and people are noticing, you know, from what I've said about the fact that about 67% of the population is supporting the strikes because they see that the dynamics are very similar and I think it's Again, it's a representation of what everybody's been going through lately. And I know that I'm covering Hollywood, which is an American thing, but trust me, the United Kingdom is experiencing the exact same thing. And I'm 26. I will be 27 in a month. Uh, and I don't know whether whether we will, will get the, you know, the out I don't know whether it will end before, you know, before I retire, for example. It is very dooming. And people are not really talking about the fact that one of the big reasons why the mental health crisis is where it is, is because this is what we're going through. Um, is there hope in the future? Of course, individually. We do have hope for the future in our personal lives, but is there hope for the world? I tend to think that there is because I see good in people and I see good in society and I prefer to think that we will be able to do something. But what if I'm wrong? This was um, something. <laughs> the, all the topics were very different and I started from talking about my current headspace, which isn't usually what I do. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this one. As usual, feel free to leave feedback so that I could keep working on the quality. Let me know what you want me to cover next week. And with that, um, hold on, I forgot to mention that there will be another special episode coming very soon. After my coverage of Spider-Man Lotus, uh, I got a comment on YouTube that asked me to look into Superman Solar. Another low quality fan film that was released pretty much at the same time with the Lotus. So that will be my next special edition episode. So stay tuned. Uh, and now I sign off. Don't forget to follow me on other socials because I do talk there a lot before these episodes come out. 
All links are in the description. Stay updated and in touch, and I'll see you next week. Over and out.